0: And, you know, you think about like myths and stories, which we're all just intrigued by. Myth is this public dream. These stories are these public dreams and dreams are our private myths. And so our stories internally are represented in those dreams. So it's my story.
1: You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi.
2: What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early twenties, despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years.
1: Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love,
2: then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you.
1: Let's go take the medicine hello hello dear ones this is episode 95 of the medicine and we have a fan favorite back with us today our magical fairy godmother adrian abeta and today we are discussing a very mysterious occurrence that literally every person in the world experiences that is dreams There is no one better to guide us through the dream world landscape than Adrienne. If you've listened to other episodes with her, number 64 and 78, you've witnessed already the unique and powerful way she helps us all navigate our inner world with balanced curiosity and wisdom. As a practical mystic, this is one of her many superpowers. She has truly been one of our most impactful teachers in this life. So, why do we dream? What do they mean? Are they actually important? What can our dreams potentially teach us? How can we remember them better? What are sex dreams all about? How do we interpret the symbols? We get through all these questions and much more today. We also put Adrian on the spot for some live dream interpretation. Now, this was a quite vulnerable experience for me as I describe in detail a sexual type dream I had recently. And in order to sort through it, I had to go into some very real fears and insecurities. This wasn't easy for me, but I was 100% authentic with you all in hopes that you can see just how powerful this type of inner work can be. Then towards the end of the episode, we bring one of our listeners, Morgan, onto the show to share her very powerful dream with us. Then she and Adrian work through it together to help extract some meaning. You might want to have some tissues nearby because this was a pretty emotional experience for us all. When you are done listening, please send this episode to two of your friends. And if you'd like to work with Adrienne directly in any way, you can find her on Instagram or her website. Just check the show notes below for the information. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Enjoy this dreamland deep dive, my loves. Welcome back to The Medicine. My name is Mimi and I have my love Chase here with me. What
2: is going on? Crazy fired up today.
1: (laughs) And we have for the third time, right? Third time's the charm. Three Mm Pete, our cosmic magical fairy godmother. I have no better way of describing Adriana Beta than my our, our fairy godmother. So welcome back to The Medicine. As always, we are so grateful that you're here with us.
0: As am I. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I love it. Home away from home. Yes. Um, we got our mushy elixirs and we are ready to dive into the dream world. And uh, we're really, we're really excited for this one. And this was actually one where Adrian, you came to us and said, Hey, I want to talk about dreams. There's some major shifts going on right now, you know, with your clients and everything. Um, Before we get into the question that we ask every guest, we will ask you every time. um, Can you explain your thinking? Like when you were like, I want to talk about dreams with Chase and Mimi, Mm -hmm. like what was going on for you or for your clients? Mm -hmm. It was like, we got to talk about this.
0: I think what I was just noticing was that a lot of, uh, there was a lot of similar, there has been a lot of similar dream motifs and, you know, that the end of the world kind of feeling, <laughs> the the apocalypse and, mm. you know, that's a, it's a common archetypal theme, but I think more recently I was noticing that there was a lot of that in people's dreams and how they were navigating their lives was also changing as a result of you know the feeling of fear and this this collective changes that were happening and so i started thinking i'm like you know dreams are really important and people come to me obviously to you know get some guidance and help and you know that i the conduit in many ways and help channel that but dreams are even more important and so i've been doing a lot of work more recently with people on you know like using their dreams to help them and i thought like that's we haven't talked about that yet yeah. we definitely need to talk about dreams yeah and yeah. so excited for it
2: it's one of those things that not unlike you know I, we're always using analogies with kind of health and wellness and mm-hmm. diet and nutrition and um when you grow up and you eat just kind of the standard American diet and you just have chronic gas all the time <laughs> and you just assume that that's normal. That's the way that people live. Mm. Well, I feel like with dreams, it's just commonly accepted that they're just random. Yeah. There's no meaning. Um, you might get, you know, a crazy one in puberty and it might be a little more vivid than normal. But besides that, you know, you're just going to kind of live your life with these random occurrences of dreams. We don't know what they are. Just yeah. carry on. I and feel like, so, yeah. uh, I think it's one of those spaces that's just completely untapped. There's probably more meaning as we'll find out today, mm. uh, behind all of this than we even think or we're programmed to think. Mm-hmm. And so, hell yeah, let's mm-hmm. get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but first, as always, we will ask you every time, what do you love in your life right now? What is jumping out for you that you you love so much, this part of your life that you wish you could gift to every human?
0: Well, the first thing that came to mind was my dog, because I'm madly oh. in love with my dog at the moment. Um, but I think m- more I this... It's community. It's connection. You know, there's so much that I'm doing right now that is really with other people. I mean, yourselves included, collaborating. And, you know, I've been pretty much a lone wolf most of my career. And now I get to do all these wonderful collaborations. And so community is something that has really exponentially helped me help me grow. And I want everybody to have sisters and brothers (laughs) and and all of that. So that, that would definitely be it right now.
1: So important I, I think I just wrote a post about this yesterday on my Instagram, but I said something like the the lack of intentional community is not benign mm-hmm. like we need those outlets where we know we can show up and be fully ourselves without the the risk of feeling judged for anything mm-hmm. and almost like this this person or people or community where I know my inner world is safe with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely, I, I tagged you in yeah, it. Cause I, I was like, Adrian absolutely one of those people where I know we could tell anything to mm-hmm. <laughs> and no judgment. It's only like, Hey, how can we use this as a catalyst well, as a tool? And
2: right now it is, we're in a time of the world where things are such that the real community are the ones you're currently feeling. If you're feeling supported, if you're feeling connected to somebody or something, That's a pretty good sign right now because Mm -hmm. things are a little shaky in the in the 3D world experience that we're all going Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more than ever uh, the chance for things to interfere with potentially uh, weaker relationships or, or weaker communities. So, you know, look at the people who you are. Uh, connected to right now because it's a good sign of what might actually be uh, a legitimate deep-rooted connection Somebody that can be with you for long periods of time mm-hmm. um, And start investing and in leaning into yeah. those relationships mm-hmm. further.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great point point. nurture them.
2: Yeah
0: yep. mm-hmm.
1: All right. So let's dive into the dream world. And if you would, can you update the listeners? I know you've been on twice already. Mm -hmm. Certainly most people listening probably have heard you already, maybe know or remember a little bit about your background, but specifically through the lens of maybe your interest in dreams. Can you give us a quick update on um, your background and and what really, how and when you got interested even in dreams Mm -hmm. in the first place?
0: I think I've been interested in dreams since I since as far back as I can remember, had a vivid imagination as a child and spent a lot of time alone and playing with myself. And so, you know, as as little kids, we don't we don't question weirdness and randomness (laughs) and things like that because we're still in that realm. And so I think dreams were something that I was always really intrigued by. As I got older, um, I think that the, the dreams and symbols and myths and stories started to morph together. And, and then, you know, my studies into astrology and psychology and religion and myth and archetype, um, the dreams are a natural, you know, a, a natural um, byproduct of all mm-hmm. of that. And so studying archetypes, you can't help but study dreams. Studying Jung, you can't help but study dreams. Um, and so any book that I could find on it, and then more importantly, starting to write down my own dreams and explore them on my own, which is what everybody should do. You know, we, we are our best teachers and students. Uh, and then in, in school and in any any time that I could take a class on dreams or symbolism in particular, that's where, you know, my mind started just really expanding and growing into that in um in my religious studies program, I actually wrote one of my papers on dreams. Mm-hmm. And so I loved that because it was like, oh, shucks, I have to research and write a paper. And it was just, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, and then, you know, working with clients, um, always asking about dreams and loving any moment that someone's like, I had this weird dream last night. I'm <laughs> like, okay, oh okay, let's talk about it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I think there's a lot to learn in the process of doing so.
1: Yeah. No, I think that that's great. and And we've already kind of touched on it, but... Dreams are this sort of like mysterious topic that everyone knows about, Mm -hmm. everyone experiences, yet most of us are just walking around like you know, we're not putting much stock or much energy into figuring them out. Yeah. I don't know what the average person thinks that dreams are because I've always been fascinated by them. I've never had a good answer, mm-hmm. but I've always been fascinated by them in your opinion, based on your, you know, studies with Jung mm-hmm. and your, your own mm-hmm. like uh, other just self-study and archetypes and everything. What
0: do you actually think dreams are? <laughs> dreams are, I <laughs> you know. Uh, Dreams are night visions. They are, I mean, honestly, what I think they are in my own psyche is that it's God talking to me. Mm. Mm. And I love that. I mean, it's just like plain and simple. And, you know, it's it's the kind of God that, you know, I am, you know, that mm-hmm. that part of it. So it is my super conscious. It's, you know, the, the higher collective order. Just talking to me. So they're my messages. They're directly for me, but they're but the me that is interconnected to everything else. Which is why I think that, you know, the dreams that are happening right now in the collective are an expression of this change. There's a catalyst that, that has happened and you know we're we're all dreaming a sa- this this same dream. Mm-hmm. And you know, you think about like myths and stories, which we're all just intrigued by. Myth is this public dream. It, these stories are these public dreams. And dreams are our private myths and so our stories internally are represented in those dreams so it's my story
2: I I really love that I love that public idea and then we can all kind of tap into that uh, you know public library of dreams and potentially be experiencing something with uh, a lot of similarities I I love uh, you know the the stories and the and the discussion around dreams being this you know entryway into a multi-dimensional reality where there's Mm -hmm. infinite possibility and time space does not exist Mm -hmm. and uh and tapping into the infinite living experiences that you may potentially be having Mm -hmm. in other dimensions and that you know the, the the whole you know start of movies and books and stories where it's like are you just dreaming your reality now and every time you sleep is actually waking up to reality you know those types of things are so fascinating well
0: that's what the aborigines believed Mm. they believed that sleep was the reality and Mm. that waking life was the dream Mm. and so they put a lot of um you know sacred energy into the dream world because they felt that 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 suspended you know the ordinary time space gravity reality and they could actually experience the infinite that Mm. we are Yeah. That makes
1: sense because, I mean, (laughs) certainly we... We all have had those dreams where you have a visceral Mm -hmm. response. You wake up either in a, you know, crying sometimes, Mm -hmm. or so elated, or uh, maybe you're scared. Like I'll wake up sometimes from dreams, or even like in my sleep, I'll like have this like whimpering, this moaning when I'm really scared, and then Chase will kind of wake me up like it's okay, it's okay, it's Mm -hmm. okay, because my my body response it's so real when you're in it. And unless you're doing something like lucid dreaming where you're like, you know that you're dreaming mm-hmm. and you're experiencing a dream, man, sometimes you wake up and I've, I, I've had these times where the dream will be frightening or I will have experienced maybe Chase's death or my mom's death or something. And that feeling follows me all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it's sort of, I, I'm, as we've, even just started scheduling this dream interview. I've been paying closer attention. I've been writing some down. Mm -hmm. You'd be so proud of me. I have a little notebook by my bed and I wake up and I'm like half asleep. My eyes are still closed basically. And I'm writing down just words Mm -hmm. to cue my brain on just remember this one thing and the whole dream will come back. Mm -hmm. Since I started doing that, now, these intense or maybe even scary dreams don't follow me throughout the day because I'm looking at it as more of a tool mm-hmm. to start asking questions like, okay, what could this be showing me? Is there something underlying here rather than something that's just happening to me? And I go back into those like scary emotions throughout my day. Now I'm almost like able to use it to learn about myself and in that way I'm grateful for it rather than something that is happening to me that I'm like a victim to this nightmare. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the dreams are like, it's like a hall of mirrors, you know, there's one thing means something but it means something else and so when you when you write those down and you start to you know I, I, the first analysis or the first interpretation of the dream is often it's it's in the front of your mind and so you're, you're trying to make sense of it and it, it doesn't make any sense and that's often when people are just like ah eh, it's not a big deal like or mm-hmm. it's weird or that was yeah. silly or that doesn't really mean anything but it, it later after it's like it's been there for a little while if you go back to it then suddenly you're like ah I see. I can, you can see similarities to it. And the mo- and the thing that you said to me, that's really important in that is that it, what it pulls out of you, like how you feel those feelings, the feeling response, the visceral feeling is often as important as the image itself. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to, to look at the image and try to make meaning with our mind. And it's not just with our mind that we need to make meaning. Yeah, It's what it is pulling out of you.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really great point. And, I'm so fascinated by, and there we could we and we should start going through them, but these these types of dreams mm-hmm. that are probably pretty similar across many people. Mm-hmm. they're the ones that are potentially the most rational uh the ones that are most literal, like uh you know it's it's a dream of death for somebody you care about uh it's a dream of infidelity or maybe it's of bliss and it's an experience that is you know like a paradise, but it's but it's rational then there are ones where it's like. I don't mm-hmm. have the words in the English language to mm-hmm. properly structure this or articulate this. I was just the surface of the sun. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to explain it. I was the surface of the sun and there were these beings that were in inter- You know, how to explain these experiences. Did you have that experiences, I've had like surface of the sun type dreams where I wouldn't... I, I'm now trying to rationally explain it to you like, oh, it was probably the surface of the sun, but it was more like this full light experience that was just blasting. And, and, you know, I'm now, tr- you know, very, very ill equipped to be able to articulate this experience through the English language, but, um, have had that type of yeah. experience and yeah. there's no other way to explain it besides these sort of limited, uh, this limited database of words, yeah. um, because it transcends this three dimensional human Articulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay,
0: let's stop there because you said so many good things in that (laughs) first of all, congratulations. The personification (laughs) of the sun is quite a powerful dream. Mm. I think you might be an extension of God. All right. (laughs) Apollo would say so. (laughs) Helios. But some of the things I think that you said is really important. And number one, that our limitation to be able to describe, you know, the experiences that we have in that in that realm, and language is very limiting, especially the English language, for whatever reason. And so, it's like trying to put words to a numinous experience—you know—to try to explain what it means to be in love, to try to yeah. explain what it means to experience God. But there's there's something um, Jung coined this phrase called the transcendent function, and the transcendent function was our ability to to give meaning to a symbol and so whatever that symbol is that arises in our conscious like I mean it just might be an image it might also be an experience of something so as w- you say you know I experience myself as the surface of the sun that's that's an archetypal experience and so to take a symbol and to be able to make meaning out of it is where you start to create a bridge between the unconscious and the conscious and so that transcendent function is our ability to be able to amplify the symbol unlike we would say say you know that uh, you know a stop sign is a sign it's a sign to stop but a symbol is is it's full it's rich with all of these experiences and it's not something that you can necessarily describe or put into words however we can do our best by describing and putting it into words and oftentimes like I'll have dreams and I, there's the words there are no words for it, but if I close my eyes and focus, you know, up into my third eye, I can go back to the experience of it, and it's it's sensational in that point, right? You were saying, that, Mimi, about, you know, feeling this visceral experience of that. Well, death, you know, coming back to some of these archetypal experiences— Archetypal experiences means that we all have this predisposition, this propensity to experience these things in our species, being human. Death is one of those. You know, infidelity in terms of what it pulls out of you infidelity in and of itself is not that because are we really meant to be monogamous? That's a whole nother show, (laughs) but you know, that, that feeling of mine and something, you know, being taken from you. And so those visceral experiences are what stay with us over time. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, what those dreams also help do is activate pockets in our, in our psyche that we haven't yet given expression to. Mm -hmm. So let's use infidelity for a moment. You might have somebody that's like, Oh no, I, I'm not jealous at all. I believe in like free love and openness. And yet they keep having these dreams where they are, you know, terrified that their partner is cheating on them. That, that is an expression the the psyche is a self-regulating system and dreams help to restore the homeostasis of the psyche. Make sense? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had quite a few of those dreams where, um, (sighs) I wouldn't say it's a super regular reoccurring dream, but definitely within the last two years of us being back together in part two, I've had dreams either where, um, you know, there's a girl that's hitting on Chase or like, you know, it's usually not instigated by Chase. It's usually someone else. Um, And then I basically have this feeling of like, I sort of want to kill her. Um, And Mm -hmm. being able to experience that like anger
0: in me Mm -hmm. um, also. And possession. Mm -hmm. Because in that dream, and this is where, I mean, dreams are really exposed Closing. And, you know, when we share our dreams, we don't realize that we're also sharing our shadow. Yeah. And so, you know, in in and that is a dream where there's like love and possession, ownership are really, really closely yeah. tied in that, right? And that might not be something that in waking life and conscious life that you would identify with. Mm-hmm. Yet your shadow is there showing you that, you know, you, I want to kill this person, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like it because it's a threat to mine. Right. Yeah. yeah, Totally. Mm-hmm. And I uh, clearly it's like bringing
1: up things in me that, uh, you know, are, are worth looking at. Like, mm-hmm. I don't own Chase. Mm-hmm. We're not married mm-hmm. anymore. We, there's no legal tie, you know, holding him to me. And uh, I think that's sort of beautiful in our relationship is like we get to show up the best the best version or try to be the best version of ourselves, you know, we've talked about this before, um, because there, there is no legal thing tying me or him to me that would provide this like safety net or life jacket or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but clearly there's still something in me that's like, yeah, I mean, if that ever happened or if it was even a a glimpse of might happening, like I would, it would crush, it would crush me because Mm -hmm. I feel like you are me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we say that to each other, mm-hmm. like instead of sometimes saying, I love you, we say, oh, you're me.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for for me at times mm-hmm. when I've had those types of dreams mm-hmm. or maybe it's uh, just been even in contemplation, uh, the thing behind the thing, it's less like the physical act and more the um, lack of, of being chosen Yeah, uh, or, or a break in, you know, consistent communication with which we've had around, you know, dedicated monogamy at this point. Um, And so, yeah, it's deeper, deeper things. And and kind of on this topic of, Mm of, of sexual dreams, there's a lot that go into this. I think Mm -hmm. most people have some of their most uh, vivid, impactful dreams, if they were honest Mm -hmm. uh, in the space of their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, for me, I like most teenagers, you, you run into (laughs) your, your puberty years and you're getting completely dominated by your dreams. (laughs) Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to hide your sheets and things that are <laughs> happening, the traditional wet mm-hmm, dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell is this? Like you're supposed to just kind of like sweep it under the rug and, and try to take care of it as a teenager. But like maybe starting with that, like sexual dreams, <laughs> how do we start looking at these things? Mm-hmm. And, and they, they continue on into adult yeah. life in, in reality. Yeah. I was going to um,
0: ask, wet dreams are only for teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and, when they, that's and when they are not only for men either. Just saying. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah.
1: So here's a not so fun fact. Over 75% of Americans are deficient in the oh so important mineral magnesium. If you're thinking, well, so what? Magnesium is critical to our body's long-term health because it's involved in over 300 different processes in our body. Magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, and the inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D. With most of the world now aware of just how precious our health is, we cannot keep overlooking this rampant deficiency. But the type of magnesium you are putting into your body is really important, which is why Chase and I both choose the Mellow Magnesium Blend from Ned. Mellow is a powerful daily magnesium supplement that can help propel memory, mood, brain function, stress response, sleep, energy, and nerve and muscle health. Mellow is unique because it contains three forms of magnesium that are all complemented by amino acids, L-theanine and GABA, along with 70 different trace minerals. This is necessary so they don't break down in our digestive tracts and can be delivered directly to the areas where our body needs them most. Mellow truly nourishes every inch of our body. My personal favorite is the Naked flavor, which tastes like a healthy cream soda. I stir the powder into eight to 10 ounces of water about an hour before bed to ensure my body gets quality sleep. To try your own Mellow Magnesium, go to helloned.com and use the code MEDICIN, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N, to get a killer discount on all the NED products. And to see how we use the other incredible hemp products from NED, you can check the show notes below to be taken directly to our personal medicine cabinet on my website. When we know better, we can do better for our bodies. And now, you know. Cheers, boo.
2: So so what kind of meaning do we put into this oh my
0: gosh there's so much in that right the well first of all I mean you think about sexuality as it's an energy um and so again going back to Jung he he said that you know our libido unlike Freud who said that it was um reserved just purely for sex the act of sex but Jung said that the libido is our energy kind of like kundalini right it's that it is this life force that it is this energy and that we we need that energy to feel motivated in life like it it um It is where our creativity comes from. It's where our vitality comes from. And so oftentimes those, the sexual dreams are an expression of that to some extent. So let me, let me couch this by saying that there are so many layers to a symbol that we, we can't isolate one by itself. And that's where the person that we're reading the dream for really Mm. needs to be invited into the process. But sexual dreams, I mean, like, you know, Mimi was just saying, I mean, that's, there is, There's an aspect of love and relationships in that bonding. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that's one part of that. But we have to think about how much collectively that there is shame around our sexuality. And when you're looking at a dream, you're looking at three parts of it. You're looking at the personal representation of it. What does it mean to me? You're looking at the cultural representation of it. What does it mean in the context of my culture? And then you're also looking at the archetypal context Mm. of it as well. And so we can't be separated out from, you know, the culture that we grew up in, which is in many ways couched in Judeo-Christianity, where sex and sexuality equates to shame Mm-hmm. right is supposed to be just for procreation and so even if we say like oh well you know I'm not christian though and so I don't have that shame yes you do just by the by the extension of being in this culture mm-hmm. and so when it's not something that we're conscious of it gets relegated to the shadow and that's what dreams then amplify and so the first thing is is how do you feel about that sexual dream you know was it something that was really titillating and erotic and then upon awakening you're kind of embarrassed that mm-hmm. you even felt that way? (laughs) What does it provoke? The emotional response or reaction to it is the first important thing. Mm. And then, you know, what's happening in that sex dream is also then something that is really important as well. It's, it's a very, it's a very common motif and Mm -hmm. it's a very important dream.
2: I think that's really important. Uh, and a critical point is that just by having the dream, even if there are other people that are having similar dreams, not to come to some blanket exactly. s- conclusion yeah. around what that dream actually means. Rather start to meditate on it, you know, maybe consult with something like the Adrian's of your life <laughs> uh, as to what these symbols could potentially mean. Yeah. And, and is this from trauma? Is this from, uh, you know, the potential of just having an experience f- for the purpose of, you know, being able to empathize with somebody else, mm-hmm. um, for instance, whether it's it's infidelity, that doesn't mean you need to wake up and start, you know, checking your significant other's phone yeah. to, to, to see if they're cheating yeah. or not. Nor does having a dream about, uh, you know, a homosexual act mm-hmm. or uh, energy mean that you need to start looking at yourself in the mirror and wondering if your heterosexual lifestyle has been, you know, uh, yeah. th- what you should have been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Those types of things don't necessarily mean mm-hmm. one standard conclusion across the general... Uh, Human experience, rather, it's going to be customized. It's going to be specifically pulling on this sort of like nature versus nurture um, profile that you embody in in your human experience. And so, like everything, it's it's customized and and probably Mm -hmm. takes that level of thought, meditation, and consult to come up with a meaning that actually works for you.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think approaching it almost in the, in the way that you would, uh, that I, I choose to approach God is with curiosity and questions. And Mm -hmm. then you get a little hint of like, maybe it's that. And then that elicits more questions Mm -hmm. rather than going into it with certainty. Mm -hmm. And, Oh, I'm sure it means this. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have a very, I think strong feeling like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what I'm supposed to get from it. And this is what I'm supposed to extract. But I think having some measure of like, okay, I'm just going to be curious about this and what comes up. Um, I'll just be open to, and maybe we can, I, I was yeah. saying before we, before we pushed record that I actually did have a, a sexual type dream last night that maybe we could dissect a little bit. And I know that I'm going to be like putting, yourself out putting myself out there, but I'll I guess, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, this is, this is what we signed up for when we have an, a, an expansive podcast, right? So Chase wakes me up every morning and immediately upon him you know, rubbing my back, I was like, I had a dream about you and this is what happened. And I was explaining it to him. And I don't even know if you remember what I, I said, but <laughs> so in this dream, uh, we were in our bedroom and we, it, the lights were off and we were about to have sex. Chase, I, I, I don't think I could see you. In my dream, I think I could see you maybe just a a little bit of light. It wasn't pitch black. I could see you. You were very clearly ready to go. I'll leave it there. (laughs) Um, And then for some reason, I wanted to turn on the lights a little bit. As you should. (laughs) We like lights. Um, And then upon turning on the lights... I saw, I, I realized that there was a huge swarm of bees in our room that was just swarming. And I think that there were some flies in there too. And I realized that our window was open. Like you had left it open and there was this little square for bugs to come in. And I remember being like frustrated, like, why did he leave the window open? Now there's all these bugs in here. And it was this massive swarm of bees. And so we instantly like got out of sex mode because there's this thing that we needed to take care of. And we were trying to like put a blanket over it. We were trying to kill them, swat them. And in the dream, I remember being sad about having to kill all these bees mm-hmm. because I know how important bees are for our world. But I, I you thought that in the dream? Yes, okay. I, I was mm-hmm. like actually sad. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I felt, I feel bad that I, I have to kill these bees mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And Chase knows this about me. You probably don't, but I have this. Even though I know how important bees are to our world and I try not to kill them I do have a fear of bees Mm -hmm. I'm afraid Mm -hmm. of being stung Mm -hmm. when they come near me I will like get up and move Mm -hmm. like I don't let them like land on me Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. and so that I think fear was coming through in the dream and I was definitely more frantic they were all over the floor they were in our bed they were everywhere and then when we had gotten it figured out um, or that we like dealt with them I remember being like, well, pff, fuck sex isn't definitely not going to happen now. And <laughs> I remember being like frustrated and sad. <laughs> so there it is.
0: Ooh, that was so much tamer than I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Expecting. Okay. <clears throat> so there's a couple things, and I want to first speak to – so the way we tell the dream is very important. And, you know, writing down the dream is, is great, but it's um, it's – you're just writing down, you know, words. And, you know, we, we write with grammar different than we speak. And, you know, the your listeners can't see how um, – how dramatic you are with your body language, like a good Leo, (laughs) but that too, like there's something about being able to use the body to describe because it's, it's body language. And so the first thing is when you tell a dream, it's so good to tell the dream out loud because you're forced to use different words. And when you listen to the words that you use, there are often puns that come in it. And, and you know, the first thing I, I heard you say, like you said, joking, like he was, clearly ready to go right and and you were that's sort of a euphemism I think for maybe you would have said you know he had an erection or and and so even that the choice to describe that in you know he was clearly ready to go Mm -hmm. that that's a that's an important phrase in that So the other piece in this, too, is that what you did really well is because if you looked up in a dream dictionary, it's going to tell you something about bees. It's going to tell you something about the swarm of bees. But what's personal to you is that you have a fear of bees. And that adds a different connotation to the bees in your dream. But the first thing, I mean, so what we do when we're looking at a dream is we go to what is maybe like some obvious things that stand out, right? And you always want to think about where where did the dream happen? You know, this is this is happening in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So what's the bedroom? It's our safe place for Sex or and
1: for sex. sleep mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: right so it's your it's your safe space it's also it's a private space you know and in that place there's you and and Chase and and in dreams the the people the that the characters in the dream are both an expression of that person, but they are also you. So when you look at a dream, you can almost take every single image and amplify it as though it's an aspect of you. Mm. So when there's a difficult symbol that you're working with, you, you become the symbol and you're, if you are the bees, you know, we're like, I don't know what bees mean in this, you know, like, well, if you are the bees, what are the bees saying or doing? Because then by projecting yourself into it, every aspect of the dream is a reflection of Mm. you. But let's let's go back and kind of play with some of the puns in this right you said that there were you know a, a bunch of bees and then you called them bugs right and so mm-hmm. there's there's a swarm of of bugs like something's bugging you mm. in the bedroom right something mm. is bugging you in your private life something might be bugging you in your relationship right so and that's just one aspect of it and then we think as well in that you know that it's it interferes with intimacy Right, mm-hmm. you guys were getting ready to do mm-hmm. something intimate, and all of a sudden, and even that the the window was left open. What is the window uh gateway mm-hmm. of, of an extension of the outer world mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, an entry point mm-hmm. 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 yeah how uh, how is it different than like a door or a wall uh it's, well, uh, we're, we're it. on the third floor. And so if the window's
1: open, it's, uh, yeah, you can see through it. It's not really easy to go through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's harder to actually, it's more, uh, it seems like more for looking rather Very than traveling good. through.
0: Right. Looking, <clears throat> right. The window is, it's something that we can look out or look in, right? So it becomes, it's a focal point in your dream because what's bugging you came in through this open window. Mm -hmm. And so that window then might represent something, a frame, you know, that you're looking through. A perspective. Think about that again in terms Mm -hmm. of how how we use windows, and in this case, this swarm of bees. Which you know you are afraid of bees, right? So there's a little bit of this fear of what's bugging you. It it's coming through a perspective, or you know through some sort of a threshold that is, in some ways, it feels like it's a it's a bug, right? It's an interference, and there's a little bit of fear because there's there's also um, I would use the word empathy, but maybe more um, guilt. A little bit mm. of guilt around killing them too, yeah. and you 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 know you're trying to swat it away, and also the blanket. What did you say you were doing with the blanket? I was trying to like put the blanket over the bees, right. like to kind of like
1: um, not squash them, but like I don't know if I was trying to capture them or just take care of all of it at once. It's uh, that,
2: very like uh, when you're dealing with bugs, especially you know in the in the real world, not dream world. Uh, sometimes there's this approach to like. One, I don't want to kill it, but I also don't want to get close to it. Yeah. So let me yeah. throw this blanket. Oh, for uh-huh. sure, I do that. And like maybe it'll just take care of itself. I
1: don't like squashing bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like to feel the crunch, so I will put a paper towel over it and just like <gasps> wad it up, uh-huh. so I never felt the crunch. Uh-huh. Put it
0: in the toilet, uh-huh. right? Um. So yeah. So there's, a, but there's also like with the blanket, there's a smothering, right? Mm-hmm. There's a covering. Mm. You know, there's a containing of something Mm -hmm. that's in that. And the lights are an important piece in this too, right? You wanted to turn the light on. Mm -hmm. So what's that? Like, think about illumination, Mm -hmm. enlightenment, um, growth, involvement. So now follow this series of the dream is that it starts out in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's the act of intimacy. It's the act of connection. You're wanting it. And and then there's like, but we need to turn the lights on. We need to really look at this. Mm -hmm. We need to see what we're doing. And when Mm -hmm. you do that, what appears is this swarm of bugs. Okay, if we turn the light on, then we're really going to have to see that there might be something that's bugging me. Mm -hmm. And in, in your dream, your dream is telling you like, ah, oh, shit, this is like, Chase did this. It's something that he mm-hmm. left the window open. It's coming in because of him, because of maybe his leaving the window open, the perspective in that as well. Yeah. And I feel responsible for having to to take them and to smother them in some way. And then uh, and then the ending of the dream is like, oh, well, I guess we're not going to do that now. Mm-hmm. But, but also what I hear in that, and I don't remember, did you say that he was helping you try to get...
1: Yeah, but it was definitely mostly me. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. feeling like... I'm the one dealing with this. I, I, I don't re- quite remember what you were doing, but I, I wasn't like, oh, we're doing this together and we're taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Like
0: I remember definitely most, mostly doing it myself. Right. And so there, you know, and when you speak this out loud, you have to ask yourself, like, what is it that I feel like right now I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to, to cover, to deal with on my own?
2: You know, yeah. and
0: and what is it in our relationship that I feel like I and, and again, even though Chase is Chase in the dream, he's also an aspect of you. And what Jung would call in, in this case, this is your your animus, the masculine yeah. part of you, your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you feel compelled to have to take care of everything and in some ways still be irritated at this other side of you that yeah. also has in is responsibility for what's bugging you, the problem yeah. that's there as well
1: well what i so what is coming up for me in all of that and just reflecting on what you're saying um i am and have been in the middle of creating this course for women mm-hmm. um that is uh you know it's it's meant f- to help women cultivate deep healthy uh passionate partnership mm-hmm. And sharing my experience from our part one to part two, it's very personal Mm -hmm. sharing intimate details about myself that I've never told even some of my family members. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) you cannot, I cannot create something like this without getting even deeper into it myself. Absolutely. And so as I'm creating this for other women, I'm also creating it for myself And there is this sort of, I know this needs to happen. I know I want to provide this, but it's also scary because it's something that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. And there is also this bit of, who am I to create something Mm -hmm. that I think can be this magical and Mm life-changing for people? Because I failed (laughs) in Mm -hmm. our, or I had much to learn in our part one. Mm -hmm. And so maybe my psyche is sorting through Mm -hmm. this, Signed up, sort of back and forth of this is going to be magical. This is going to be awesome. I want to provide this for people. And then also having a bit of you got to look at some shit yourself because we're still, you know, creating the masterpiece that is our relationship. We're not done by any means. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is that also kind of fear, for lack of a better word, just in the context of my dream mm-hmm. of you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to somehow feel inadequate in the creation of this and also in showing up in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of this course creation is also digging into your feminine and connecting with the divine and that connection between the cervix and the heart and the throat. And that's not easy work. And I will be the first one to say that, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm still in that as i'm creating this yeah. you know um you know uh, content and and
0: expression of,
1: expression of me yeah. um it is it really is mm. me and and sometimes it it can be scary to to dig deeper into and realize i still have a long ways to go mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting as you say that too. I mean, this is where we could take, you know, some of the symbolism of bees. And if you look this up in a book or something like, I don't know if you know much about bees, but um, first of all, you understand the importance of them. I mean, we wouldn't have life without bees, right? Right. They are the pollinators. They are the master pollinators. And I think about what it is you're doing right now. And it is a form of pollination. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a form of creation and you're taking from your experiences, which is the extraction of that pollination. And you're creating something in your life right now. The other thing about bees is they only swim swarm like that when they're looking for a place for their queen hmm. and so they, they're moving from place to place and and actually in in many cultures like that would be a good omen to wow. have bees come and swarm into your house you know so leaving the window open even thinking about that pun like what are you leaving the window open for mm-hmm. in this case like these bees are coming into your intimate space which is your inner world Right. And, and they are looking for a place to to inhabit. And so bees are actually very they're, It's a good omen. It's a magical omen. But see, we wouldn't say that at the very beginning, because if we would have done that, we would have missed all of the mm. stuff in between. Yeah. So we always take the dream in the context of the personal first. Yeah. And then we can take it in more <laughs> of, you know, the the archetype in this as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, I, I even think there's a little bit in there like, you know, you are the queen bee. You know, and so smothering the bees and that, that's an extension of like your fear, you know, in, in waking life, my fear of bees, but it's also an extension of your fear of being the queen bee, Mm. of being seen, Mm -hmm. you know, those bees are there to serve you. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is that you're creating for yourself is it's a a representation of, of you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. (sighs) I love that.
0: Wow. That was, that was, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> That was a lot. Yeah. And there, and there's more, right? So that's yeah. why you write it down and yeah. you come back to it. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's cool because I think in a lot of ways too, so the, the different elements of dreams and some of what we're doing right now is we're talking about metaphor. Dreams express themselves through symbol and through metaphor, through analogy, and also through hyperbole. And so when things are really dramatic the dream is trying to get your attention and you might also have dreams where you know I have this all the time I have like six dream series that happen in one dream mm-hmm. and so when I'm retelling it it doesn't make any sense that it went from you know the yeah. bedroom to the classroom to the and and it, we are like oh, we need to string this together in some sort of cohesive way but you don't the dream is just trying to get your attention and oftentimes it's trying to convey the same message even if it's like all right dummy now we're gonna go to here now we're gonna go here you you know, you're you're still trying to pull together some of those themes in that dream. Do you, ever, do
2: you ever find your ego slipping in and wanting to make it a little more grand or make make it a little more <laughs> rational than it really well, was? Well,
0: let's see. There's so there's a couple things to that. First of all, we dream when we're in REM state and we have, you know, anywhere from five to seven dreams a night. And because we go through supposedly about five or six different REM states. And so that's when we're in symbolic thinking where when we're in non REM, we, this is the thoughts. Those are the thoughts that are happening. So when we're falling asleep at night, we're often thinking, right. And there's those thoughts, that's ego. What, what is so beautiful about dreams is that it, it cuts your ego off. You're not in that space anymore. It's you're you have access to the, subconscious in that way, which is where we can actually feel into and understand the parts of ourself that we're not able to do in consciousness mm. because of the dream. But to answer your question another way, I lucid dream. So I'm aware of my dream. And it's, it's interesting actually, since again, wanting to do this with you, um, two things. So my, my husband doesn't lucid dream at all. And he's like, you know, you do this all the time. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I've done it since I was a kid. And I'm like, I can't believe you don't. He has such a wonderful imagination. Well, lo and behold, he's like, Well, had my first lucid dream.
2: <laughs> no way. And I thought
0: about you. You know, like that was it happened. Wow. And I and I was saying to him, I lucid dream, but I haven't quite been able to manipulate things mm-hmm. as they're happening freaking lo and behold and it, and it's funny too chase because you made a cameo in this dream really yeah you all made right. a cameo in the dream um and what an honor i know <laughs> I, it was we were like walking and i love um farmer's markets and you met me it was my birthday and you met me like you came Aww. up um next to me in a farmer's market and i think you had been swimming or something your shirt was off and you came and like you put your arm around me and i was like oh and we were kind of walking and
2: this is all very realistic yeah well, it was what would would happened and, yeah, and happen. you
0: were and you were like kind of whispering or talking low in my ear and telling me really nice things about myself. Mm. And so I go to put my arm around you too and I knock your microphone or something <laughs> off. And you're like, oh you, you knocked my microphone off. And <laughs> and that was kind of the end of the dream. <laughs> but in this dream I'm I'm looking at a stream and there's a, a white stream running down the street. And in that moment and I'm, I'm holding this beautiful fish that's like um, all, all these different colors. So sometimes people don't dream in color as well. And, and it's rainbow colored. And I, then I say, oh, I'm dreaming. And I, and I look up the stream and I'm like, the stream wouldn't run uphill. So I know in the dream, I'm mm. okay, I'm dreaming. And then I go, all right, like now's your moment. Fly. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, and oftentimes in my dream, which is a very ubiquitous dream, flying. And often in my dreams, I, don't, I, I use my arms still like I'm flapping. You know, And so I start flying, and I'm flying, and I'm like, I just made that happen, and I'm looking all around. So in my dream, I'm lucid dreaming, and I'm dreaming about the fact that I just controlled the dream. And there's a lot of other things that happen I won't go into, but when I woke up, I was like – did I dream that I had a lucid dream that I, was (laughs) so confused. It's like inception, like layers. Exactly, exactly. And I, so, but I woke up and I was like, gosh, darn it. I said, I just, I forced that to happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome to make that happen. So, I mean, we can lucid dream, in which case then our conscious mind can come in. But when you learn to use that, then you can ask like what problems you're having. There's something called dream incubation. Mm -hmm. I need to know this. Show me, show me, show me. Mm -hmm. And you can get those messages in that way. So lucid
1: dreaming, I'm sure most people know what it is, but it's just simply put, it's just being aware that you're dreaming, correct? Conscious
0: awareness that you are dreaming. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then
1: maybe a practiced individual or maybe not even practiced, um, but you, you could potentially manipulate the dream and almost like create
0: yourself. You can, you, you can make things happen in the dream. and some people naturally are i mean i never i've been lucid dreaming since i was a kid i didn't even know it was a thing until i was told but you can train yourself to lucid dream oftentimes like you know one of the practices is that in in waking life you ask yourself am i dreaming now am i dreaming now mm. like you know and like mm. when you wake up in the morning you ask yourself am i dreaming now so you're mm. starting to Um, you're starting to get your psyche aware of the difference. And then in the dream, eventually you'll ask yourself, am I dreaming right now? Mm. And so it's a practice that, you know, like with anything, it starts to build over time.
1: Okay. We all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now, all that is in the past because one of my favorite absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their soft skin body lotion and body glow hydrating oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging, with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, Pampered and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah! <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code Mimi, M-I-M-I for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. this is something that's really, really interesting, fascinating. Instead of just falling into these things, you know, happenstance, um, just sort of at random. Because I've, I've similarly had lucid dreams, not necessarily intentionally, mm-hmm. but been inside of them and, and been aware that they're a dream. Um, for for instance, I often have lucid dreams when I'm trying to solve a complex work problem. Yes, and I'm good. in the dream itself, and, and this goes back all the way through my professional career. I mean, I've solved some extremely complex Uh, accounting treatments for energy commodity derivatives, uh, (laughs) you know, complete craziness all the way to how to keep Organifi growing and scaling and -hmm. and a host of different issues. I've literally been inside these uh, complex financial models and being able to like control them and manipulate them ultimately to come up with this like very sophisticated conclusion on how to, traverse the challenges of a, of a starting business <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or the energy and gas commodity exchange, like weird, crazy stuff throughout my career. But I don't really want to use my energy on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd rather, <laughs> you know, explore the meaning of the universe or the meaning of my own <laughs> psyche or, yeah. um, or be able to, you know, break the the code on, uh, connecting to my higher, you know, whatever. Uh, I'd rather have something a little more uh, metaphysical than like spreadsheets and financial <laughs> models. Well, dreams
0: are metaphysical and like you're going into, I mean, and some of the greatest scientists have solved, you know, right. major dilemmas this way. So for you, it's the, it's the dream incubation. It's the meditation upon going to sleep. Yeah. Then so so, so, we see, yeah, so that. what
2: are these things? I'm, I'm literally jotting them down that <laughs> well, we can like, start to lean into this. And, you, you're
0: and, already doing it though. I want this. I want this. Mm. So, you know, when I go to sleep at night, like last night, unfortunately I had to put an alarm for this morning, but it was like, I want to dream about this. I'm, I was reading a book on dreams. And, and consolidating what happens in the dream. I mean, in sleep as well, as you know, we're consolidating everything from the day. And we're dumping all of this unnecessary stuff that we don't need to hold on to. And so when you fall, when you're falling asleep at night, if you take a little bit of time, and you start to really meditate or reflect on whatever it is, and it's in it's in a light way. So in other words, like, I don't try to think about it, I just let it be there in my mind. And I try to, uh, one of the things I call my, my thesaurus, thing think. So I think about things related to it, similes. I think about analogies. So I don't think directly. It's almost like don't look at it in its face. Mm. Look at it from its sides. Let it sort of permeate you because dreams are happening to us and for us.
1: Mm-hmm. You said something. We did an Instagram Live uh, uh, last mm-hmm. week or a couple weeks ago, and you said something um, – <clears throat> As a tool to help remember your dreams mm-hmm. or even um, meditate on them, do you remember what you said about the um, those visuals that you had to sort of oh, like your eyes? Yeah, you had to uh-huh. sort of like relax your mind I forget what they're called but those like almost like kaleidoscope pictures where if you look directly at the thing and you're gazing at it and you're squinting you're straining you're not going to see anything Mm -hmm. when you sort of relax your mind and you look at the whole picture at once um, Mm -hmm. then you're able to see like the image in the image
0: it's it's more of a holistic sort of approach versus going right after it if you try to remember right away it scuttles away like a little ghost. And so, you know, I I always imagine it's, it's, I don't, you like cats, maybe like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't really approach a cat. You have to like, you have to flirt with the cat. You have to let the cat kind of come to you. And it's the same thing with recalling dreams in the Mm -hmm. morning. Often just, just sort of let it be there with you. And as it starts to arise, like you might jot down one word, but if you go after it right away, it's going to run away.
1: I have that all the time where I I wake up in the middle of the night from an intense dream and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to tell Chase about it. And then, you know, 6am rolls around and I'm like, I know I had a crazy dream. Yeah. I was excited to tell you about it. I don't remember anything now, yeah. but since we have been doing this practice of just mm-hmm. putting more meaning and, and being more intentional and, and telling my mind that like, Hey, this is important. Remember them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, done more remembering of my dreams in the right. last three weeks than I have probably ever isn't that amazing yeah it's really cool like, like all
0: you did is just say like okay this, this is important I'm, I'm paying attention and yeah. that's the other yeah. thing like you know it's similar to like a tarot reading like in, when I go to sleep and I show me what I need to know yeah mm.
1: I think that that's great and that's a, a great tool and something that we can certainly start doing together even we used to do it we've done it a few times like all right I want to I want to dream about xyz or I want to see um I want to um, v- a visit by someone that I miss in my life mm-hmm. who I don't even know that I miss. Mm-hmm. And then my mom will show up in yeah, my dream or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that we have done those things before. And I think that's a really great tool yeah. is to basically like request mm-hmm. almost yeah. from your psyche, like, Hey, I, I would love if you would show me this. So, mm-hmm.
2: so I definitely have that down. I definitely have the, the request, uh, upon, upon sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, Couple questions around uh, both both before sleep, which would be this mm-hmm. kind of request state, yeah. uh, for the dream, as well as after you experience the dream and wake up. A um, couple questions would be: How important is what you're putting into your body, and or and and I mean that from a mm-hmm. thought perspective as well as a physical perspective, whether that be, um, you know, with with food or with uh, supplements, for instance prior to sleep, mm-hmm. if you're a cannabis user and you're using, or, or you're a heavy, uh, melatonin user mm-hmm. for sleeping aids mm-hmm. specifically, is that interfering with your potential chance to have a dream or a lucid dream? So that's kind of like part one on the front end. And on the back side of that, when you, upon waking, when it comes to, you know, getting caffeine in your body almost immediately, which is a very similar or common habit amongst, uh, you know, human beings, or maybe it's Putting your eyeballs on that, uh, you know, blue light uh, phone Mm -hmm. or tablet or television. What would you suggest pre and post? For the rituals. For the rituals. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think, you know, what you're putting into your body has a huge impact on your sleep. I mean, we all know that. And, you know, that stress also has a huge impact on your sleep as well and so cannabis use um, if it's not you know a chronic use I mean uh, unfortunately one of the big problems with with chronic cannabis use is it actually you don't remember your dreams because cannabis works in the hippocampus and the hippocampus is the area of the brain that helps you remember your dreams but a little bit of cannabis you know and especially as a sleep aid can often make those dreams you know really vivid so it's all about you know f- frequency moderation in that
2: yeah and um, I'll jump and they're a yeah. really great mm-hmm. uh, firsthand example I, I used to be a pretty heavy cannabis mm-hmm. user and I've always taken the month of September off from cannabis currently taking it off uh, right now uh, but historically when I when I would you know use more frequently on a pretty much mm-hmm. daily basis uh, I lost the ability oh, yeah. to remember my dreams mm-hmm. or even experience them but holy shit when I took the month <laughs> of September off mm-hmm. it was like that first week was all dreams oh yeah
0: I mean, it's overwhelming for the system a lot of times. Mm. I, I, too, was a frequent cannabis user for years and years and years. And, and I mean, I still had dreams, but that's because I was working in that, that realm. When I stopped, they were almost so intense that I couldn't sleep. It yeah. felt like I had ran a marathon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's part of that. Now, the, the other, what you can do, though, I mean, there's certain teas. I mean, I drink a certain tea, um, you know, and I think, Mimi, you had some of the tea from my friend Angelina um, in that. And those teas help, to they're they're psychotropic in some ways Mm -hmm. and so they they loosen and rest your mind so that you can move into those other spaces that's a really big one the other one is sleep hygiene you know cutting out the blue screen cutting out you know the tv um, at least an hour before you go to sleep at night so that your mind can rest because your mind it's overstimulated anything that's overstimulated it doesn't know that REM is harder to get to um, upon awakening you, the first thing you want to do is you, is, as much as you can, you want to stay in the position that you are in. So if I'm remembering my dream and I'm on my side, I don't move. I stay on my side. And I just, again, I kind of call it in, in this way. Like, what was I thinking? Even before I turn over to jot down mm-hmm. so that at least I have like five things to jot down while I'm in that space, mm-hmm. keep my mm-hmm. eyes closed. And then I, immediately write things down or you know if my husband's up I'll say hey you know like listen to my dream real <laughs> yeah. quick before I look at my phone before I do yeah. anything because before you even think about anything yeah. you know I when I wake up in the morning I've got a symphony of screaming cats and grunting pigs <laughs> roosters and, yeah roosters <laughs> and so I'm all, like shut up everyone I'm trying to remember <laughs> my dream I'm going to I'm going to
1: imagine okay, I'm, I'm on my back or my side and I'm like, okay, I want to remember my dream. I'm going to remember or picture my psyche, you know, proverbial hand Very good. coaxing a little cat yep. towards me of my psyche. Like, come on, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. I can, yeah. you can come to me. Uh-huh. Like, I do that every day with our neighbor's cat. Oh that's yeah. Good. That's great. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, well, we have yes. a lot more to talk about. And we are going to actually jump into something really cool. A first for the medicine podcast, we're going to bring a listener into our podcast, into our episode. Uh, Her name is Morgan and um, she, we um, reached out to our followers and we asked people to submit dreams for this intention. And um Adrian and I worked together to find someone who had uh, a dream that we could sort of do this, you know, on site live interpretation. And so we're going to take a tiny break and we're going to bring Morgan onto the show and we're going to kind of sit down and um get a dream interpretation going for one of our listeners. Let's go. Super exciting. Yeah. All right, you guys, we're back and we have Morgan, beautiful Morgan. She's been listening to the show and we know each other through the Instagrams world (laughs) and we are so excited, so uh, grateful that you wanted to join us and share a little bit about your dreams and your inner world. It can be sort of a vulnerable thing and we're just excited to have you on today.
3: Thank you so much for having me (laughs) having me.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to let Adrian sort of take it away and take the lead here. And then Chase and I will also be here if we think of um, sort of detailed questions or anything that we can um, maybe paint a, a picture for our listeners. Um, but Adrian, if you would mm-hmm. um, start us off with this dream interpretation session. Sure.
0: Okay, Morgan, thank you for agreeing to do this. So I, what I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to relay the dream to me um, in as much detail as possible. And when we relay dreams, don't make the assumption that I know what anything means, you know, act as if this is what I have to say, act as though you're talking to either a two-year-old or an alien from another planet. So use as much, um, you know, as, as much detail as you can. Okay.
3: Sounds good. Um, so I've had, you know, I'm I'm a very vivid dreamer. I've had a lot of very vivid dreams my whole life. Um, but I would say my most recent one that was like super powerful was about my mom. Um, she passed away in October of 2019. And following her passing, I had a lot of dreams where she was still sick. She died of cancer. Um, and I was very frustrated having these dreams of her being sick because I thought maybe you know, in my dream, she would be healthy and, you know, um, be a place of comfort. Um, but a few months after her passing, I finally had a dream where she was well again. And I was in a crowd. And there was a wall, um, I think a brick wall, maybe, and I could hear her calling my name. And it sounded just like her. And I could hear her calling Morgan, Morgan, where are you, Morgan? And, um, around there was people bustling about that I didn't recognize and around the corner came my um my I call her my best friend she's kind of like my cousin
2: my mom in
3: in life had a best friend and her daughter became my best friend so two two sets of best friends so my best friend Desi uh came around the corner and I said, "Desi, where's my mom? Where where is she?" And she said, "She's you know she's back there. She's back there." And then Desi kept kept running. And then around the corner, I you know I could still hear my mom yelling for me. And around the corner, my auntie Deanna, my mom's best friend, comes around the corner. And I'm like, "Auntie D, where's my mom? Where is she?" And she's like, "She's she's back there." And um, then my auntie Deanna keeps going. And then I finally see my mom around the corner. And she's still and you know we're directly line of sight you know from each other and I'm like mom mom I'm here I'm here uh you know and my mom can't see me she's still calling out for me and I'm getting closer and closer to her and I'm like mom I'm right here I'm right here and it wasn't until I went and I pressed my body up against hers and gave her a hug then she goes Morgan Sweetie, and you know she called me, you know, like all the names she called me, and you know, in real life, her treasure, her, you know, her sweetie, her sugar bug, and um, and the hug felt so real. I felt like I was hugging her. Like you can't convince me otherwise, you know. And um, and then I woke up, and I had this amazing peace and calm come over me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, beautiful visitation in that way too. And the, the thing that you say there, you know, it was real, like the mind doesn't know the difference, you know, when we're in that realm, it's, it's all the same. So it, there's a waking life and there's a dreaming, but the experience that you felt was real, like that. that's all there is to it. Um, you, you know, oftentimes when we have loved ones that pass, there's the, the process of grieving is a very emotional process. And, you know, in the stages of grief, one of those stages is denial and denial is, and, and shock is, is another one. And so even, you know, you as being a vivid dreamer and not having that kind of experience that you want to have with your mom, right? There's also another stage in grieving called bargaining. And it's, it's as if in your, in your own process of grieving, you're still going back to the experience experience of mom as she was, right? In in the, in the, those last moments with her when she's sick. And that's not what you want, right? You don't want to remember her in that way. And so that's your psyche. This, the psyche is, is always self-regulating and it helps us do what we sometimes can't do with our conscious mind. And so in your process of grieving, like you're moving through these different stages and you're not wanting it, but it's still there. And it's interesting too, Morgan, because a lot of times people won't even dream of their loved ones for years. It's it's hard. Like our system, it almost won't let us go there because it can be too much for the system. But you and having this um, history of being a vivid dreamer as well, your, your psyche is already prepared for it. And so that first experience of your mom when she's sick, you know, is that it's the refusal, right? I don't want it to be this, but it is. And it's in some way, it's, it's how you're, you're coming to grips with it. You're beginning to integrate that my mom passed away as a result of this. And that was the, the last physical form of mom. But that's not your mom, Right. That, that's not the mom that you, that you feel connected to. And so your dream life, it almost, it had to take you through those stages and those steps so that you could begin to grieve and to integrate that experience because it's a major loss and it's a trauma. And, and we have to give narrative to that so that our psyche can integrate it. What's interesting in this dream though, I think you might've said maybe four or five times um, just around the corner. Just around the corner, just around the corner. And so there's the, your mom has always been just around the corner for you, you know, and you may have seen her first in, in you know, her, her last form, that, and that wall that was there too. That's a very important part of your dream, as you say, you know, I'm in a crowd. What does it feel like to be in a crowd, Morgan?
3: Overwhelming, uh, sometimes scary, mm-hmm. you know, um, busy. Mm-hmm. Not
0: calm <laughs> mm-hmm. and what was the result of the very end of the dream after the hug? so calm, right, so. so- so here again, like the dream will give us these the what seem to be opposites, and the amplification of a dream is where we say like this is my inner state right now. My inner state feels overwhelmed. It feels, you know, in in some ways just a part of like you. That is what you're moving into. But and think about what brings that calmness too is it's it's a hug. It's connection. It's the very antithesis of being in a crowd and feeling so disconnected from that. The other pairs that I heard in this too is that. That you said um, you know two two pairs like that there was you and your best friend and your mom and her best friend so that your dream gave you that that image as well as I think in some ways to tell you that you're still connected. It's still you and your mom. And you know, being, being a, a motherless person, which is you know, what we are when we lose our mom, there's a disconnect. And it's one of the most major disconnects in the entire world because we are an aspect of our mother and she is of us. But yet your dream is showing you, no, there's still pairs. You're still connected in some way. And what's, what's also interesting too is that, that your dream, your mom is calling your name. What does that mean to you? Like you said that calling my name.
3: I mean, in life, there was nothing that could keep her away from her babies. Like she was the most protective, you know, uh, just absolutely amazing mom. And I felt that she just wanted to be near me in my dream. She just wanted nothing more than to find me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it was like, uh, you know, when you're little and your parents are calling you to come in, you know, it's gone. It's the, the street lights have turned on and it's time to come home. It felt like it was like, it's time to come home. Like, like I need to see you. Mm-hmm. It felt very, it was just very powerful is the only way I can describe it.
0: Yeah. And see even that, you know, like that question, what's it like to be called, you know, that mm-hmm. it's a random question. And my, many people might say, well, I, I don't know. It's like being called, but the story that you just told and that story even elucidating even more, you know, when you're a little kid and it's like being called home and, and being able to bring that into this dream as well. Like you're being called home now. Now here's where it gets kind of interesting in, in some ways. Like, yes, it's your mother, of course, but your mother is also an aspect of you. And now that your mother is not here per se, your mother is here. And I'm pointing to my heart. Your mother is home, right? You are now your own mother. You have to be that, that love and that support and that kindness and the wall that you feel like, what's, what's the point of a wall? Why a brick wall in the middle of a crowd?
3: I mean, some, some sort of break in, in, in the, the line of sight, You know, for Mm -hmm. me, it felt like it was like she she was behind there. She was behind there. I couldn't necessarily see her at the time. But um, you know, it it was it it broke my line of sight Mm -hmm. until she came just around.
0: Right. And that's what death is. Death is merely Mm -hmm. a wall it's the other mm-hmm. side right she's just on the other side and what you know the listeners can't see is also your use of body language in this and mm-hmm. there's you know each time you say around the wall the other side like you it, notice how your body feels like you're making all of these gestures and so one of the things i'll just say as an aside when you're feeling that kind of disconnection or you're feeling the despondency or the sadness Make your hand do what you're doing now. Like even if it seems strange and you're shadow boxing or something, and, and no, you're, it's, a, it's far more of a fluid motion. You keep going like this, right? She's mm-hmm. just around this, at the other side. And notice what this is too. It's a come here, right? It's, you're saying that, come yeah. here. And, yeah. and, it's, yeah. and it's here to your heart. Look where your hand is bringing yeah. yourself. Yeah. So right. notice that, that's gonna be what Your your dream is helping you find your own remedy for grief and for loss. And part of that is gonna be in the physical body. It can't just be in the mind. Right so mom's on the other side of this wall. She's just out of line of my sight, but you keep saying she's calling my name like she's there and she's just around the corner. Just for, just around the corner. Is that what we said? Mm-hmm. Just around the corner. Yeah. So she you have access to her, but this is the hard part is that you don't have access to her in the physical anymore. You have access to her by way of your emotion, by way of your love, by way of your connection and for whatever reason the best friend and and the best friend's mom are also that connection to mom as well so this dream is one that is as you know because of the way that you woke up and you felt the treasure it's heart to heart as well what's really beautiful about this Morgan is that when you were born they probably put you on your mom's chest that's mm-hmm. where you started your life And your dream gave you the other side of that. That's where you're starting your life is with your mom on your chest and in your heart. Yeah,
3: it's pretty powerful. Sorry, I didn't think I was going to cry. Of course you
0: are.
1: (laughs) And I will just add, um, you know, it's so wonderful. And and Adrian speaks such beauty without even really knowing you. But I know you. I know we're just Instagram friends, but sometimes um, that... (laughs) that allows as a, an insight into someone's life that sometimes even just physical friends don't allow because you're, you're sharing yourself, your hardship, your grief on this thing that we call an Instagram story. And I see that on a daily basis. And what she's saying is like just um, spot on, just having that insight, just knowing you as, as um, a friend. And um, I will just add too that I've seen in you and what you choose to share and probably even more so things that you aren't sharing in your life. This feels almost like one of those events, you know, for Chase and I, it was our separation where we came to these new selves and we have part one and part two. It's almost like BCAD, right? Where it's like, oh, this is who I was with my mom before before her passing. And then there is this catalyst for your own finding and evolvement and like, who the hell am I without my mom in physical form? How do I take care of myself now, as Adrian so beautifully said, as my own mother now? How am I supposed to do that now without her? And it's almost like this transitionary time in your life where it sort of feels like, and I, you've you said this in, in so many words, but like, fuck, when it rains, it storms, it pours, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on for you right now. And it seems almost like this is a really like transitionary time where you seem like, and you can speak to this, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're stepping into a lot more of who am I and figuring that out. And the mom, your mom's passing as like a major catalyst mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Totally. I mean, I've said it once. Uh, I'll say it again. Her passing has been the most transformational mm-hmm. event of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from being her main caregiver in her final months to then the grief and navigating life without her. I mean, I and it's it's weird because I from a, from the young age of probably five, m- maybe even younger, I've always had a deep knowing Mm -hmm. and I've never shared this with anyone, but, um, maybe my therapist, um, I've always had a deep knowing that I wasn't going to have her for long. Mm -hmm. And, um, I spent as much time with her as possible. I soaked up every, every ounce of time with her, Mm -hmm. you know, when kids hit that teenage years when they wanted nothing to do with their parents and they just wanted to go out and hang with their friends. I was, I just knew, I just Mm -hmm. knew that I wasn't going to have her for long. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. Um, and so in many ways, I think I was mentally or on some soul level prepared for her loss Mm -hmm. in some strange way. Um, and so I, I don't know if I've been able to handle it better than I thought I would. Um, but it's been more of like a, okay, this is, this is what we're dealing with now. How can I live a life that she would be so proud of that Mm -hmm. she would, you know, she wouldn't see me just curl up into a ball and wither away because she's not here anymore, but the opposite live for her live, you know, let her live through me. There's a lot of things she didn't get to do. She was only 61, you know? And so, um, Yeah, it's been a rebirth as cheesy as that might sound it has been No
0: it doesn't sound cheesy at all and in fact that's where like when we speak to the archetype of the dream right? the personal aspect of this dream is it's your mother your mother died and this is loss and this is grief and you yeah. know the cultural component of this is that in our culture like you know we are we are dependent upon moms like even when we're you know 50 and our mom is still alive there's a connection but the archetypal aspect of this as well is that death and rebirth this is what we're programmed to experience in our life life. Just like being a daughter and being a mother, that's an archetypal experience. And so you're, you're moving through something right now that even though you feel alone in that crowd, that crowd also represents the universality of like, we're all going to go through it you're not alone in this, you know, and as you experience your journey, and you give words to it, or, you know, whatever that may be, you speak to something that is universal that we all are going to go through. And so there's something really powerful in being able to and this is what the dream is also telling you, you are not alone and your mind is going to tell you, I feel so alone. This is happening to me. Like it's, it's all of that mental chatter, but even though the, the, the crowd in that represents for you, the anxiety, it also represents the remedy is that to integrate in with your fellow human beings, all as sisters and brothers, like you're not alone in that. The, the other thing that kind of stands out to me, um, only because I know about, um, you know, Mimi told me about the, the orca dream. And I think if I recall, you told me it started around age six, the orca dreams. Yeah. 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 I, I just um, heard you also say that around age five or so, like you have this deep knowing that, you know, my mom wasn't going to be with me around the same time that the orca dreams came in and that, and I know you have these reoccurring dreams. And what came to me immediately is that the, that the orca whale is your mother and always has been. Mm-hmm. That's been one of the guides for you that's been there. That will and, and sometimes we have to experience the symbol instead of the person because the symbol is laden with all of these, these, these different feelings and we're not as attached to it as it's my mom. It's become a, a dream character for you. And so I just wanted to give you that.
3: Yeah, thank you. I had never even thought of the connection between the two, but it really does make sense. I mean, in all of my dreams, the orcas are these powerful, you know, creatures to me that they're, they're, they bring peace and comfort. Um, they're never, they're never scary. I, you know, I'm I'm all, they're always right there. A lot of times they're swimming alongside me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so that I mean the parallels you could draw totally Yeah. yeah. orcas and my mom.
1: One thing that you said to me <clears throat> when you first were telling me about these reoccurring orca dreams and how often you have them weekly, sometimes more, is you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, I can never touch them.
3: hmm mm-hmm. I can't like they're always just
1: out of reach.
3: The only one I ever touched in any of my dreams was when I was six. Other than that, they're just beyond my reach. But I can always see them, and they're always, you know, just right alongside me in various, um, you know, bodies of water. Sometimes, sometimes pools, sometimes um, oceans. But yeah, they're always just right there.
1: Yeah. Do you have something you want to say, babe?
2: Yeah, um, a couple, couple things, couple takeaways. Thank you so much for sharing. This is just incredible. Um, you know, for me, and on that point of you know not being able to. Necessarily touch the the whale and going back to your other dream of of there being these interferences, uh, the the brick wall, the crowd. Um, so something that's coming up for me and it's in my own experience with uh, the the divine mother, the feminine archetype that is the nurture uh, that I so associate with my mother, who I have a tremendous relationship with. But there will and currently are uh, and, and continue to be these these interferences. Um, just because of the way that we've uh, decided to live our lives, uh, whether that be uh, our religious choices or lack thereof, whether that be our lifestyle choices that are, I have felt always somewhat in, in the way. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, there is this divine nurturing archetype of the feminine mm-hmm. that is so real for me that I may not necessarily get any longer because of, of some of these things that are in the way, yet I can still identify that feeling in my life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's actually through Megan and through my partnership. Mm -hmm. I experience Megan's ability to nurture uh, her innate ability to be a mother in certain lanes. And what I can do is love that energy Mm -hmm. and I can pour myself and lean into that energy as if I was doing it for my, my mother Uh, who probably in this life experience can't necessarily experience it because the, the, the torture is like, I want to show my mom how much I love her, Mm -hmm. but there's these things that are sort of in the way. That being said, the energy of my mother, which is just the divine mother also lives in my partner. It also lives in experiences that I have with the feminine or the the feminine parts of me that might be uh, available by leaning into those, by embracing those, by, by loving those, I've gotten to the point where I'm wondering and have gotten some comfort along the lines of, I can show my mom that love through the investment and through the nourishing of that type of nurturing mother archetype.
0: Mm.
1: So maybe, I don't know what this is bringing up for you, Morgan, but is there any way like piggybacking on what Chase is saying, he's sort of using me as a conduit for experiencing that divine mother, that nurturer, that feminine archetype. Is there any way or through any character or, or person um, or energy in your life where you can still pour into that type of feminine motherly energy? Or
2: even in yourself, right? Like, Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, I definitely think I've become... Um, more self-reliant, like you said, you can, you can pull on that energy from within, but, um, my mom left behind the most amazing group of women who, um, I, you know, I call them my aunts. They're not, they're her best Mm -hmm. friends, but, um, that just have no, without skipping a beat, just jumped right in. And, you know, um, I find myself, so much more intentional with them than I ever was when I was younger, when I had my mom um, making time for them and wanting to reach out to them. And, you know, they're not a replacement. They're not my mom, but that they still give me that nurturing mother energy. And it's so precious to me because, you know, I think they feel a duty mm-hmm. um, of some sort to kind of step in, um, but it's. I also know it's because they want to, and it's genuine, mm-hmm. and it's real, and it's just their love, you know. And mm-hmm. I may not be their daughter, but they they sure treat me like they are. And it's right. just.
0: And and those are just roles. Like what what you're able to do is still receive, and that's the point. You know, is that when we feel cut off from the source of our nurturing, we feel cut off from our ability to receive. And, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like you keep your heart open. That's what your mom was showing you in that embrace is that, you know, you're still viable and you're still deserving and you will still receive the treasure of love and connection from Mm -hmm. all those around you. Mm -hmm. I will also add, just because I know you, how um,
1: intensely and passionately you love your animals. And it's yeah. almost like you're experiencing your mother's love through yourself to uh, yeah. as your a as a mother, your dog, your cat and your horses. Like you are probably aside from Adrian, maybe maybe you guys are tied, I don't know, <laughs> the biggest animal lover I know. And it's yeah. like you're experiencing your mother's love and you get to pour that on mm-hmm. and, and provide such love and abundance
0: to your animals. Yeah. And that's how it's your mother funny. that's that's how she lives on through you.
3: I love that. And it's, it's funny because sometimes I'll find myself saying things to my animals mm-hmm. that my mom used to say to me. Yeah, as, exactly. as, as a baby. Yeah. Um, most recently, Mimi, you'll, you'll, you know, my cat has had some health problems and, um, I took her to the vet and I kept saying, mama's here. Mama's here when she was scared. Mm-hmm. And that's what my mom, I never say that to like, like I would never really say mm-hmm. that in any other way or any other context but when I was saying it I, I just thought to myself that is my mom in me mm-hmm. you know it was it was kind of a cool moment
0: yeah yeah and and on the other side or around the corner you don't have to live a life that she would be proud of because pride doesn't matter in this right it's you just have to live a life that's it yeah. you you go on
2: mm-hmm. we live for
0: those that came before us
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. beautiful Mm, Do you have any other, um, questions
1: or thoughts or anything that you want to throw out to, to Adrian on this, um, maybe regarding your dream or anything that while she's here that you can connect with her on?
3: Gosh, no, I mean, you, you were, you gave me so much more than I, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, Mm -hmm. but you gave so much more insight than I could have honestly even ever dreamed of. And (laughs) gave me dreamed of. I know. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, but no, it gives me a lot to consider and think about because I truly had never drawn any of those connections myself. So yeah. thank you so much for that gift.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And that's that where again to show the beauty of being able to talk about a dream with others. It starts to, you know, just elucidate it and illuminate and it's called amplify. Like we just amplified the dream. So talk about your dreams with others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All my
3: friends know I'm a vivid dreamer. It's, it's, uh-huh.
0: it's the inside joke uh, between my lucky friends. You, also, lucky
3: you. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And now next time you see a beautiful orca whale, yeah. you can just
0: smile inside yeah. the dream. You know? Yeah. yeah I was the last, the last thought on that too. I don't know this, but I'm going to assume You know, in the same way that the lion is like the the king of the beasts, I think in the underworld, I would imagine that the orca whale is the top of the chain there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the, the, I guess, apex predator. Exactly. I mean,
0: so uh, you've got a pretty mighty. Uh, yeah. spirit guide, there, <laughs> yes, as yeah. my
3: mom was, in life, she was uh, she was feisty and mighty. Yeah. So, mm. well, there you
1: go, sense. yeah. Do you have any other Thank thoughts, you. Today, that you want to add?
2: No, that's that's beautiful.
1: All right. Thank you for Thanks. sharing cool. with us. Yeah, I'm so grateful just to to know you, and I I hope to I know I know we'll meet someday in in person, but I am really grateful just to at least know you on Instagram and and be, uh, to just to have you here with us. And it's um, I'm so glad that we could connect here and connect you with Adrian. She's been such a wonderful presence in our life, and I knew as soon as you're like I have a dream, I was like, Yep, we're doing Morgan. Yep, this is it. <laughs>
3: Thank you. It's an honor to be on the medicine. I've been um listening for so long. It's kind of crazy that I'm on the podcast not yeah. myself. Uh-huh. You guys are amazing and doing amazing work. So thank you.
1: Mm, thanks. Thank yeah. You. I'm sure we'll talk soon. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Say hi to your mom for us mm-hmm. and well. go give go give Clobear some love from mm-hmm. us at the medicine well. and, and we'll, we'll talk soon to you, girl. All
3: right. Sounds good. Peace. Bye, Bye Morgan.
1: Bye. Hey friend, you may have caught on already that Chase and I both love finding the true medicines of the earth in the form of superfood powders, extracts, tinctures, and other health products. We love sharing about the trusted, high-quality brands and products that have truly made an impact in our health and overall well-being. It can seem overwhelming, I'm sure, so we're making it really simple for you by compiling them all into one place. We call it the medicine cabinet. If you go to GetMeMeFit.com and in the main menu at the bottom, you'll see the medicine cabinet or just check the show notes below or my Instagram link tree. You'll see a full lineup sorted by brand of all of our favorite health products researched and vetted in one convenient place. You'll also see that we include details on why we love each product and how we use it in our daily lives. And for most brands, we have a discount code just for you. Click on the photo of any product and it will take you right to their website. We try a lot of different products, but only the best make it into our medicine cabinet. I hope you love it. Cheers, boo.
2: Ah, oh, that was so rich. So good. And a lot that I'll probably be unpacking just mm-hmm. into my own life and how it applies. You know, we talked a lot today. We've talked about, uh, you know, generally what are dreams, you know, how can they be, uh, you know, talked about, rationalized. Um, we've talked a little bit about setting yourself up for successful dreaming, for potentially remembering your dreams, luc- having lucid dreams, um, as well as just, you know, being able to remember them, journal them. But, but kind of to close this thing up, how can we take these dream experiences now that we're all going to be equipped to have them more and more vivid? And start to use them as a tool for learning, not unlike what we do with um, astrology or not unlike what we've done with, with art therapy and some of these other modalities for just being able to tune into our higher self or our soul and make meaning of them and, and take action on them in our life.
0: Yeah, it's great. I love the question because, you know, as I call myself a practical mystic, I always like how do okay, so we have all of this really deep mystical things that we are aware of, but how do you use it? So I I think that the first thing we want to always remember is that dreams are give you access to yourself. They give you access to your shadow, namely because your shadow resides in the unconscious. They give you access to you know things that you aren't able to process in your everyday life because you don't want to or you don't know how. So using dreams as you know the bridge to explore more of yourself. And, it, and it, it comes by way of these symbols. So it's not, it's never going to be a rational practice at first. It's one that, you know, we have to go back into like our, our childlike mind and be able to invite in the symbolism and, and ask those questions. You know, what does this mean for me right now? Why, the other question, why am I dreaming this right now? Mm. Or w- why the bedroom? why a bus, you know, and asking yourself out loud that question, because when you ask yourself out loud and not in your mind, the words that I can't em- emphasize this enough, the words that you choose to describe the experience, those words, each of those words is an amplification of a feeling. Mm-hmm. You, you chose, your mind chose a certain way to describe that, just like your psyche chose to give you a dream. So, you know, we were harping on words a moment ago as being limiting in terms of understanding. But there's also there are keys in each of the, the way that you describe that dream. So if we want to get the most out of our dreams, we record them. Number one, we talk about them. And even if you don't have somebody to talk about them, you can talk about them out loud to yourself. So that is a really important practice. Then the other part of using this practically is not judging it. Mm -hmm. not judging it, suspend any judgment. Don't call it weird. Don't call it stupid. But notice like, oh, I had a sexual dream. Oh my God, I'm really embarrassed. That makes me feel really ashamed. Okay. Well, maybe embarrassment and shame is something you need to work with in your Mm -hmm. life right now. Mm -hmm. Everything that you squeeze out of the dream is yours and it's meaningful. So we approach dreams through an existential lens. Everything is meaningful and important. And, And even if we can't understand it in the moment, it's okay. Just put it on the side. Yeah. It might be something that, you know, comes up for you six months
1: down the road Mm -hmm. where you just, you left it open for curiosity and then something hits one day or you're reading something or having a conversation or whatever and something lands like, oh, maybe it was that. Mm -hmm. So like Chase said earlier in the episode, maybe not coming to any hard conclusions, Mm -hmm. especially if they're not like, if they're not coming up organically for you, uh, maybe now is not the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know, um, that teaching modality will show up at a later time
0: and where you can really accept it into your life. Um, or live it. And that's the, the interesting part of dreams as well is that you end up repeating the dreams in your, in your everyday life. I mean, you know, you might not be floating on the air, you know, physically, but you're going to feel like, wow, I felt like I was floating, Mm -hmm. you know? So we will repeat this. There's, there is no boundary between, you know, here and the other side in the dream world. Yep.
2: Mm, Perfectly put.
0: Beautiful way to end. Um,
1: We're going to, we're going to, every time you come on again, we're going to hear from you. uh, What Mm -hmm. feels like the expansive medicine for you right now in terms of your body? We'll start with what feels like medicine in terms
0: of my body. um, I think laughter. Yeah. This, Mm. this last, um, Few months, laughter, love it, mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And what
2: feels like uh, medicine for your mind, currently in September 2021.
0: <laughs> um, I think probably consciousness. I mean, I've been doing a lot more research, you know, for this for the, a consciousness group that I'm doing, and so reading and you know synthesizing ideas that I've that have been there for so many years, but when you come back to it through a different lens. Mm it's it, it's expansive mm. you know I, I mean I feel like I know more about dreams than I did you know three weeks ago before mm. we decided to do this yeah so thank you for giving me yeah. that opportunity mm-hmm. <laughs> always um and what about
1: for your relationship or relationships what feels like medicine uh, I think I might
0: have to go back to laughter oh no no you know what actually as of late, uh, as of late um shadow work mm. yeah mm. yeah really having to um look at ugly parts of myself and others and Have love instead of judgment. Mm. Mm. Love it. Mm -hmm. You're such a wonderful example of that. Uh, I know we all have our own
1: work, and and you are a wonderful, beautiful example of someone who's never done with the work. Nope. And you exude, like, (sighs) just that balance of love and wisdom for yourself. Like, I can... I can look at these hard parts or the ugly parts, as you call them, as we all have the mm-hmm. light and the dark and the totality of who we are in this human experience and look on it with love. And what can I learn from this? And um, you just continue to be a wonderful example of that for us
0: personally and everyone that you touch. Mm. Thank you. It means a lot because it's what I it's who I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guys, yeah. everybody
2: listening. Uh, definitely check Adrienne out on social, on her website. We'll mm-hmm. have all the links uh, like we've done in, in previous episodes. Um, she's not going away either. She's yeah. coming back <laughs> constantly. Uh, we will be continuing uh, yeah. to bring her on. You know, I'm personally inspired to get in and, and have some work um, with you, Adrienne, and I encourage everybody else to uh, lean into that as, as much as she is available, um, yeah. you know, look into what she's doing, um, how she's doing it, take it on into your own lives And uh, she's such an incredible resource. So I encourage everybody Mm -hmm. to follow what she is doing in the world.
0: Yeah. Where can people connect with you further if they're like, oh, i got to get some Adrian. Uh, Instagram is one way. Uh, Adrian Soul Sessions. And then my website, adrianabeta.com. And... Good old fashioned email. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. love it. Shoot me an email. And you, you are able, you you work with people virtually too as well. Virtually you can do. I mean, and the dream in the dream work in particular can be done in really small
1: batches as well. Yep. And we're, we're
0: getting on your schedule. We're going to come in
1: for another session with you very soon. What's it called? excited for that. What are we going to do?
2: We are going to do a, what did I just say? Spiritual uh, spa. Spiritual Spiritual spa. Spa. Yeah. Love that. We (laughs) got (laughs) to trademark (laughs) You got (laughs) to trademark that. Spiritual (laughs) spa.
1: (laughs) All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening and spending some of your day with us. Um, take one thing, one action item from this conversation and just you know, go into, if you would, go into the dream world and what you get from the dream world with curiosity and love and non-judgment and start talking about your dreams. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore The Medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit GetMimifit.com forward slash The Medicine Cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, Bill.